and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi, and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates coming to you once again from quarantine on various different levels. Reagan, how are you doing? We are good. We are good. My gym opened back up this week, so I am going. And when I go, I wear a mask and they take my temperature, but my mental health has fucking exploded in all the good ways. I think that's what we needed. It doesn't really matter even if you have to have your temperature taken and wear a mask. Do you have to wear a mask while you're working out? No, so you just have to wear a mask when you go and when you stand in the lobby, but you don't have to wear it in the actual gym because they have us all spread out and we don't use the same machines. So they've gone to, they're like 50% capacity so that we can all space out. And they don't turn on the fans, so it's hot. Amazing but they're not like spreading around everybody's hotness breath. So that's probably good. You know, it's, but it's all about getting your mental health back. It's all about doing what makes you feel good because we are now like, we're into like week 14 or we're nearly a hundred days of lockdown here. I think we're week day 98 today. Yeah. And I only know that because of an Instagrammer that I follow is doing a brilliant job of putting up pictures every day. She's one of your friends. Is it the same one that I, yeah, it's, it is it's the Emma. Same one. That's, it's, the, that's the way I know it too. <laughs> so thank God for Emma for letting us all know what it's day It's my we're lovely on. friend. It's my lovely friend. Uh, she was Ladyland. She's not anymore. She's Emma Scott Child on Instagram, but she's doing gorgeous pictures every day. And uh, you should definitely go and follow her. She's lovely. But she, thank God, because she's keeping me on track of how long we've been in this mini hell. Me too, because I've just stopped counting. Like, I just, I'm just accepting this is life now, and this is just the way we roll. And Jimmy and I were talking about this. I feel like I've become institutionalized. I went out to a non essential shop today for the first time, and I came back and I was like, I don't want to do that again. I, I yeah. don't want to do that. I'm perfectly happy just being in the house and popping out to the supermarket. Anything else? I'm not really interested in. It was quite stressful. Yeah, no, me as well. I mean, I go out to the gym, which I guess is non-essential, but I still only go to the grocery once a week, which is awesome. Um, and actually, I'm still just picking up my groceries from the grocery store. I'm not even going in. Like, I it's just well, preferable. I don't want to encounter people anymore. No, I mean, I have to say, I do go around the supermarket, but I sort of put a podcast on or my audio book and just take it as kind of a mini vacation, <laughs> which is a very sad state of affairs to be feeling that going to the supermarket is my vacation but it is anyway um it's yeah i mean it's been a week and we're here once again we've got just the two shows so just bravo are giving us an easy time right now they really um, are i think that'll change but, though because we've got the real housewives coming back uh, at least in the U.S., on the 8th of July. So that will be two shows up. And then they've also announced that The Real Housewives of Potomac will finally be coming back in August. August 2nd is the drop date here in the U.S., so I think it's the 3rd for you live I'm, um, overseas. I'm very excited about that Potomac show. Um, before we get on to actually chatting about the shows, can and we never remember to do this, so I'm really excited no. that we've remembered. Um if you listen and you love us, any rating and reviews on Apple, on the iTunes podcast thing would be so appreciated. It's kind of the one thing that matters when you're doing a podcast. And uh, it just means the world to us if you could do that. So we know that we bang on about Patreon and that's great too. And if you want to give us money, brilliant. But if you can't afford to give us money, we hear you. But maybe you could spend 
a couple of minutes just popping over to iTunes and rating and reviewing us there because it makes a huge difference for us. It really does. It also allows us to pop up as recommended websites. So if we have a lot of reviews, it will, I mean, podcasts, it'll also recommend our podcast to people who are kind of into this sort of thing. But we do need those reviews to kind of show up. So if you guys don't mind, we'd love it if you would take a few minutes to do that. And I'm not really competitive. I'm really competitive. (laughs) Um, But our peak chart position in the UK in TV review podcasts was number two, which is like amazing. But we're not there anymore because we we gave up on asking for ratings and reviews by accident because we're lame podcasters. But now we're here and we're back and we want to be back at number two. In fact, screw that. We want to be at number one. So please, please rate and review us um, and see if we can't knock whoever's lounging up there at top spot off their off their throne for just a little bit at least. Absolutely. Um, With that said, housekeeping done. Um, let's get on with our shows. Yeah, so this week we, again, we'll start out with a little BDM. <laughs> a little BDM Sorry, in the like, Spanish seas. I'm such a child. I'm such a child. <laughs> and I think we really need to take a minute to once again chat about Pete and the shocking lack of self-awareness that we're seeing. I'm running out of phrases to describe him. Like, I'm, I'm running out of words that I can legitimately use on this podcast to describe the level of toss pottery that he is exhibiting <laughs> every single minute he is on camera. And let's also talk about that because yeah. we talked last week about how the fact, the fact that he'd been fired for very current, very recent racist behavior. This isn't like three, four, seven years ago. This is like days, weeks ago. Um, And Bravo said that they were going to be re-editing to certainly reduce his role significantly. It didn't feel like that had happened on this episode. No, I'm I'm wondering how much of this was actually so Pete-centric that this is the edited version of him, because it's a lot. It is a lot. Or maybe there's an element that this part of the storyline has already been started in this kind of Malia sweetie thing, so that maybe they just have to wrap this element of the storyline up and then they can really start to phase him out. Yeah, I mean, it's mind-boggling to me that he came out of that meeting with Sandy and Malia (laughs) and everyone saying that he had no idea why that conversation happened and he has never called her sweetheart. Yeah, and he's like, who do you think that meeting was aimed at? And Malia's face is like, are you fucking kidding me, you massive Donkey Kong? Yeah, yeah, massive Donkey Kong is the way to go. I mean, I'm I'm really having to take the barrel. I've used them all, I've used them all. I mean, I don't even know what planet he's on. Like, I feel like I can't even comment on it. Like, he is so not aware of who he is and what he says that... Like, I, I wouldn't even, if he was in front of me, I wouldn't even be able to talk to him about it. No, you couldn't, it's not worth anybody's time or effort to have that conversation. But also, the thing that really got to me, we discussed this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Was that what they were talking about, um, I think it was post-meeting, and they were talking about how Sandy just wants respect. I think Rob or Alex was like, the thing is, it's just about respect. And he yeah. says, respect women. Yeah, they like that stuff, don't they? I mean. Come on, I, I dude. Was, come on. Like, who does, like, to me, does that mean that other people don't like to be respected? Like, men don't want respect in their jobs? I mean, like, fuck off, dude. But it was so condescending. It was like, oh, yeah, we should probably give them a bit of that. Just just stop banging on about it. Fuck off. Yeah, they like that. Let's just throw them a bone. Fuck you, dude. He's so, so fundamentally stupid that I... 
I am ashamed that we are giving him this time on the podcast. I, I still feel really badly for his mother. Like, I have two boys. <laughs> if I ever saw them talking that way, there would be a rain of hellfire on their asses. <laughs> like, I, 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 I have it. no words. Pete's and his mom, mother's got enough on. His I'm mother's so got sorry. enough on. His dad is sick. Like, yeah. Pete, just step up. Stop being a douchebag. And just, for the love of God, do better. Like, I don't even, I don't know if it's just some sort of mental block. Like, he doesn't hear himself saying sweetheart and sweetie so much. But I feel like already Bravo has enough to do a full-on, probably hour-long montage of the amount of times he says it. Yeah, and the fact that he is completely oblivious to it is worse. It's like an inherent subconscious misogyny that just oozes out of him without him even noticing it would be better almost if he was consciously trying to be a misogynistic prick like at least there would be some element of self-awareness or of a strategy even even if it yeah. was a wankish strategy at least it would be something this is completely unconscious sexism at its worst and he is at it he's wielding it with a level of stupidity that i am struggling to comprehend yeah. I mean, I'd almost rather him be Ashton, right? And just very overtly, like, I know I'm this way. That's who I am. Fucking deal with it. Or I'm trying to get her fired, so I'm just going to drive her crazy. Like, you're absolutely right. I I wish it was like some maliciously thought out evil bastard plan, but it's not. He's just stupid. Yeah. It's, it's, it's embarrassing and painful and shameful to watch. Um, and with any luck, once this whole Sweetie Gate thing fizzles out or he loses his nerve or whatever it is, then maybe we'll just be seeing less of him. Maybe he'll get fired. I don't know. But like, for the love of God, just less Pete, please. Fingers crossed. And poor Rob, who thought that the meeting was about him, and but did the grown-up thing and went and talked to Molly about it and how he was feeling and she assuaged, like, no, you're not the fucking problem. Pete's the fucking problem, like, you know, chill out. But I think that shows the difference in the dudes working on the deck, right? Like, you do have Alex and Rob, who are respectful, who just want to get their job done and enjoy the season. And I really love that we do see that there are dudes in this industry that are not Pete's and Ashton's. A hundred percent. And I think, going back to Rob, I think we see him start to get a little bit frustrated towards the end of the season. We see him talking to Jess about how nobody's listening to him. And I think Rob's going to be one of those guys that suffers from being a good guy who just keeps his head down and gets on with the job. And yeah. I want Malia to recognize that's part of being a manager is, is, is not just being really chuffed and relieved that somebody's getting on with that job quietly, but actually acknowledging it and giving yeah. him the time because he is a good guy. And I don't want to see, as far as we know, I mean, he could just look good compared to Pete. <laughs> right. I mean, frankly, anybody would look good compared to Pete. Um, but he does seem to be a good guy. And I don't want Malia to risk ruffling his feathers or losing his mojo just because she forgets to go, actually, dude, you're doing a great job. Yeah, I don't want her to be too tied up in the Pete bullshit that she isn't like getting, you know, giving praise to Alex and Rob because they are doing a good job and they do respect her. So hopefully we'll see more of that um, in the coming, coming times, coming episodes. Let's hope so. We've also got Hannah and Jess struggling on as a two-stew crew uh, on what is a boat that is frankly too big for them. And I felt a little bit, well, we'll come to Hannah and Jess, but yeah. just before we do, I feel I felt a little bit for Jess in this episode because Sandy's like giving her a what for because of the state of the laundry room. 
And I kind of feel like if you're a stew down, something's yeah. going to have to give. And maybe if it's what the laundry room looks like, that's probably okay. I totally agree with you. Like something will have to give. But one thing that I thought was pretty interesting is even though they are two stews down, Hannah was still able to give Jess a break, which made yeah. me really think a lot higher of Hannah than I probably have in the past. Like she gave her a two hour break and then Jess took the piss a little bit and was a little bit late. Um, and I don't know if like that discussion was handled properly, but part of me was like, Jess, like you can't, you can't take the piss. Like, you know, she's been on her own and she hasn't yeah. taken a break. Like, and, and Jess is green. Like, and I yeah. get, she's green to this level of yachting anyway. And I, and so like, while I appreciate that, that this is quite overwhelming for her, there is, there has to be some recognition that Hannah is kind of bearing the brunt of it. And, and when Jess sort of said, oh, I feel like I'm doing two people's jobs, I just thought to myself, actually, I don't think you are. I think Hannah's doing two people's jobs. Right. And she needs you to step up and do her job. That being said, I do think Hannah sometimes mistakes a lack of confidence for a lack of willingness. And I think Jess suffers from that a little bit this episode. Yeah, I agree. I think Hannah needs to be a little bit more healthy with the praise, especially when there's only two of them. Because you know what? Jess did a great job setting up that picnic with Malia's help and all that at the cathedral, way better than we've seen other stews do in other seasons. And that deserved a kudos. Like, I think Hannah is a little light on the kudos and more kind of single focused on just getting the job done when she does need to appreciate that Jess is green and she is stepping up. And while she may need help in other areas, she needs a little bit of, you know, an addict girl. She's a boost, girl. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get it. Hannah's stress. She is a stew down and maybe it's hard for her to remember to kind of boost somebody when she's literally just got to get shit done. Um, but that's management, right? That's how you separate the good managers from the bad managers that they kind of are able to still be positive and still recognize and still praise even when the chips are down. I think especially when the chips are Yeah, when the chips are down. I think especially then, that's when you kind of really have to pull it out and just try to nail it all, especially when you know that you will be getting another stew. Like, this is a short-term, you know, delay. Yeah. Uh, We will come to the other stew uh, in a bit, but... um, while we're on Jess, uh, Jess seems to uh, get her her little rocks off this week in, a, yeah. in some some sort of in some sort of way with some sort of guy. A little uh, Rob Jess cuddle in the bunk. Now, this presumably this relationship fizzles out or doesn't last or ends badly because we know that Rob's now with what's a chops from Below Madison. Deck, Madison. Madison. Yeah, yeah, from Below Deck sailing yacht. So. We know it's going to end. I just don't know how. What do you re- do? You reckon this is going to go down in a blaze of glory, or do you reckon it's just going to fizzle out? I think it's just going to fizzle out because I think Rob has even said that he do- he has a very strict rule of don't screw the crew. So maybe what we see is just a little like little kiss here and there, a little cuddle when they're drunk, but it's nothing super serious. That's my maybe prediction. that's what we'll see. Do you reckon Alex is going to get a bit jealous because obviously Alex and Jess seem to have a they have a pre relationship, and I get the impression that Alex quite fancied Jess in the previous job. So I got the impression they're more like brother sister than an oh, actual relationship. Like, he doesn't fancy her. They, yeah. they just get on really well, and they're really good friends, so that he may be a little protective of her reputation versus we'll wanting to get in there on his own. But we'll see. 
I'm excited. That could, maybe that's why it ends because Alex. A hookup's always great for some drama in Absolutely. one way or another. Um, and then, of course, we have the entrance of the new stew. And it turns out that many of our listeners guessed absolutely correctly. Yep, it was Bugsy. Bugsy's back with a bang and a very full-on floral two-piece, I noticed, with a matching bag. It was one hell of an ensemble that she rocked (laughs) up in. I wasn't sure about it, if I'm honest. She really does. Make a bang. She really does. I wasn't sure about it, to be honest, but I'm going to... Let it slide because, you know, each to their own. Um, Bugsy's back. Hannah seems about as happy as, you know, a COVID-19 positive test right now. Yeah, I mean, she's thrown into a real tailspin to the fact that she's listening to managerial advice in her bunk from her phone. This has really thrown her. And I was wondering, like, does it throw her to work with people who have experience because... She thinks they're better than her, or is it just a huge knock to her confidence? I don't know. She doesn't know how she can manage people who know their job. I don't know. I think she's definitely, I think we've always seen Hannah feel a little threatened by people who are great at their job, because actually Hannah is great at her job. But I think there is an insecurity there that allows her to do that comparison thing where she's all, you know, we all know how that ends, doesn't end very well. Um, And I, that, so I think there is that, but I also think that, there's no doubt for whatever reason and whoever's fault it was the relationship between Bugsy and Hannah with Hannah being chief stew last season was not great and ended badly. And Bugsy went out in a blaze of glory telling Hannah exactly what she thought of her. So part of me was like, you know what, maybe this is Hannah recognizing that this is not a great relationship. She still has to manage her. Maybe she wants to try and do a better job than she did last time. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what she's just trying to do with the managerial types. I found it quite endearing um, because as well, it's something she knew would have been caught on camera. She knew was going to be broadcast. So it does show a vulnerability and a weakness that she's not really known for. Yeah, no, um, I, I think you make a really good point with that. I also thought maybe Sandy rubbed it in her face a little bit that like, Hannah's not good with table settings and Bugsy really is. So you can really utilize her that way. And I kind of was a little put off by Sandy kind of being that specific with like their fault, like their, you know, gains and deficits. But uh, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work out. I agree. Actually, I hadn't thought about that, but I think Sandy could have handled that a bit more tactfully. And I think that whatever happened last season, I think a recognition from Sandy to Hannah that, she understands that this could be awkward for her, but she really hopes that, you know, she she can support her trying to manage Bugsy or manage that relationship in a better way. I feel like that would have made Hannah feel a bit more secure. But what I actually think Hannah feels is like everybody's really delighted and yeah. making it really clear that Bugsy's coming back. And Hannah's not, because actually Bugsy was kind of a dick to her at the end of the season, regardless yeah. of what happened. Like, it didn't end nicely. So I get it with Hannah. I'd feel a bit like unsure I'd feel a bit unsafe in that environment in terms of how I was going to go forward but we'll see I really hope and I just don't think it's going to happen but I really really hope that Hannah steps up and takes the mature manager role and nails Bugsy and like puts her pride aside and just makes that relationship good and they 
fucking take over the world. I hope that's what happens. I totally agree because I do think there is truth in the fact that Bugsy is good at things that Hannah doesn't necessarily like to do. So for me, it's like, take the mature approach. Give her the, the shit that you don't like to do. You know she can do it and just kick ass and make a shit ton of money on these charters because that's what it all boils down to, right? I also feel this is a bit of a lesson to be learned. Like in industries you don't burn your fucking bridges because chances are you will work with somebody like that again. I mean, yachting is is a big industry, but in a way it's not because you are also living with these people. And when you just have these kind of high profile captains on these shows, chances are one of you will be called in if somebody doesn't work out. So in a way, sometimes it's not necessarily the smartest thing to fucking set fire to a relationship versus trying to make it work. I agree. I mean, I really, like, I I want Hannah to just, she's going out. We know she's pregnant. She's not going to be back in yachting. She's not going to be back on the show. I want her to go out this season, like, happy with herself, happy with the job she did, because I know she's got it in her. She's impetuous and she's feisty and she's really defensive, but I know she's got it in her and I just want her to do okay. Yeah, I totally agree. And also to stop calling people honey. Yeah, that is the most patronizing thing I've ever heard in my life. And it started to get on my nerves because I feel it comes out when she's really annoyed. So to Jess, this entire last part of the charter was like, honey, honey. Yeah, I just wanted to punch her in the face. Um, So let's... Oh, do we want to talk about Malia just before we move on quickly? Yeah, because I really liked... So we find out that Malia and Bugsy are quite close. So she's really excited that Bugsy is coming on board. But I liked the fact that she took the time to have a chat with Hannah about it and to really you know, reiterate, just because Bugsy's coming on the boat doesn't mean we can't still be friends and I still want us to be friends because I do really like the way Hannah and Malia kind of have each other's backs in managing this boat. And I really hope that doesn't change. And I hope Hannah is open enough to not let it change from her side because I don't think Malia is going to change. No, I agree. And I think in some ways Malia does what Sandy should have done, which is, Mm -hmm. I know that I've, I, I had, Sandy had a great relationship with Bugsy. I don't want this to affect her. You know, I feel like that's what Sandy should have done as well. Um, but honestly, Malia is killing it for me on every single level. Like, yeah. just her interpersonal skills are exceptional. The way she's handling the boys is turning out to be really smart. The way that she parks that motherfucking beast of a boat in that teeny tiny space, I really hope makes every man who's ever said a woman can't park a car (laughs) fucking choke on their own tongue because that was so impressive. Yeah, it really was. I mean, Sandy has pulled off some fucking incredible dockings, but I think Malia was really her eyes on this one and they fucking nailed it. It was hot. It was really hot. I I am waiting... For something to say about Malia where we can go, that was a misstep. I, yeah. It's not happened yet. She is making smart choices at every turn, and I am here for watching a female bosun take over the world. Absolutely. It also looks like we get a bit of guests from hell next week, so that'll be exciting. Oh, I'm always loving guests from hell. 
While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, let's move on now to Million Dollar Listing LA, where I do believe we may have a show that we can talk about. I don't know how long it's going to last, but at the moment, the drama is already kicking in. It is. And I really want to preface this episode. Um, One of our Instagram followers, Madeline, who is a diehard listening to our show, she's really helped us out a lot. She gave us a lot of input about Parker um, being from like the Northeast because she's from the same area. But she also pointed out to us that the Razor House was sold and it was sold to Alicia Keys and Swizz Beats and they've kind of turned it into like their personal art gallery. And if you want to see it, you can look at this month's In Style magazine. So Madeline, thank you so much for keeping us up to date on the real shit about these amazing houses. I love that intel. Thank you, Madeline. But also... Imagine having a spare 25 million to just drop on a house so you can put some fucking pictures on the walls. Yeah, I mean, I think they live there too, but, you know, it it could look incredible. It's definitely not my style of house. No, um, and interestingly, when they show that, they're doing some showings uh, this, this week and we see them showing people around. And one of the questions I asked in the stories was, if you had 25 million, would you buy the Razor House? And I think it was 70% was like, no, I wouldn't. And the woman who gets shown it nails it. She's like, it just, it's a bachelor pad. That's what it is. Yeah. And it is. It's just the sexiest bachelor pad in the world. But you can't have a family there. I mean, my kids, you know all those glass walls? I uh, guarantee my kid would just be running into those glass walls all the live long day. And my be... kids have knocked their teeth out enough. Like, I don't need that house <laughs> anymore. But just the whole thing is great. You know, it's sexy. I know it's designed beautifully and all of that, but it's not a house I want to live in. It's not a home, is it? Like, it's a showpiece. No. It, it is an art gallery. Um, it'd be interesting. I may have to go pick up a copy of InStyle magazine and just see kind of how they've done it because they do have kids. So I don't know if yeah. it's their permanent residence or just, you know their pied-a-terre away where they just get to go and be single sexy people and look at their gorgeous art collection. Oh God, that's like, you're talking dirty to me. (laughs) The idea of being single and sexy. Those were the days. Um, It's been so long. But we do see some really lovely interaction between the Joshes because this has not always been a very um, amicable relationship. And now we're seeing Josh and Josh, they've found kind of some common ground and it is a little banterish but I do feel that we've got a mutual respect between them for the first time I feel like they've found harmony within their quirks and how their quirks can work together and how the fact that they are so different can actually be a bonus for them when they work together and I'm I love them together personally I'm I'm team flag a hundred percent I I just love him I love his so is everybody else by the way He's just, he's fabulous. Altman's a little too bro-y for me. Um, yeah, he's a little flashy. Yeah, but um, I love the flashiness of Josh Flagg because I feel like it's a classy flashy. Yeah, it is a classy flashy. It's, it's like just, 
it's a stylish, it's a st- eccentric style, isn't it? Whereas Josh is just flashy. It's like the bling and the Rolls Royce and the lots of zeros on the end of things. Like, and I can appreciate that, but I would rather buy a house from Flag than Altman. But there are plenty of people who want to buy a house from Altman. So I think it works. And I love seeing them. You know, I love that Flag will say his car smells of beef Wellington. Like, I mean, that's just so, <laughs> I love his shade. Even his shade is so eloquent. It's yeah. just brilliant. Um, but we do see them showing it around. We don't see them getting any offers so far as we do know it has a, finally been sold. But we don't know if they sell it to No, no, we don't. Them. We, yeah, we don't know that. Um, here's the thing about this house, though. Maybe it's just me, but those hand gliders would really fucking annoy me after a while. The what? The hand gliders. You know, the people always oh, hand gliding yeah. over the house. I feel like I spent 25 million on a house. I want to be able to be naked at any point, at any time. And to have 15 hand gliders swooping over me all the time <laughs> would be really irritating. I feel like I just want to shoot them down. <laughs> just take out a little BB gun, like poke holes. Because you can do glider. that in America, can't you? You can just take out your gun, <laughs> fucking shoot them. That's what you can do. Um, little transatlantic joke. Uh, there you go. But yeah, the, so other than the hand gliders, short, knock yourself out. But um, but yes, we do see them do the showings. We'll see who they sell it to. Um, James or David are selling the Curzon property as well. Yeah, and they were successful in selling it after a pretty massive price reduction. But I think that other realtor is right. Like, it's just not worth that. Like, it doesn't matter that the developer spent the money. Like, it, the stuff just isn't there. I do love that house, though. I would live in that house over the Razor house any day of the week. Um, any day. But I probably also wouldn't pay the $3 million for it because I could get that other house for less money in the hills. In the hills, <laughs> right? That's it. This is the thing. I'm 100% with you. Um but I have to say, I felt anxiety for Joey, the seller. Like, and I get it. It's a bad investment. He's not handled yeah. it well. Spent too much fucking money on it. That's be all and end all at the end of the day. He's got to mark it down as a loss. I genuinely was like, my God, his kids are going to be homeless. They can't, they're going to be able to eat. We've got to get him the three million. Right. When he sold it for whatever he did, say 1.2950 or something, I genuinely was like, but what about his, what about his kids? His kids yeah, need I- shoes. I think it was, um, I wrote it down. I think it was like 2.495. So I'm, I'm sure his kids will still be able to eat. It, it's not an yeah. insignificant number, but um, yeah, I think ultimately you just have to, you have to nail your pricing and know your market. And I think the problem was, I think he probably held on to it a bit too long. Like it took too long to do. And there are just costs that are involved with that. Like that's why house flipping is uh, not always, you know, for the, for the lighthearted. Stressful as fuck, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Um, We also see the lovely Tracy Tudor decide to put her absolutely banging house on the market. Now, were you, was I the only one that was surprised that she'd bought it in 2014 for 13 point something million? That seemed like, I didn't realize that she was that wealthy. Well, I think, I mean, her and her husband bought it, so maybe their combined resources, you know, enabled it. And it's also, I think it's in Bel Air, which is a crazy, I mean, she might as well be one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, that's where all their houses are. So um, it's definitely in a prime location. It is a gorgeous house. Like, I love the stuff that she's done to it. It looks amazing. But I also get, like, 
after divorce, kind of wanting to sell it and start over and maybe not needing the amount of space. Like that's a lot of maintenance. It's a lot of house, isn't it? But um, here's the thing. Would you want to be Tracy Tutor's real estate agent? Hell no. Hell no. No way. No way. She was, she's going to be a nightmare client. Yeah. Yeah. But then she's also their boss. So how fucking hard is that? Like you're our boss. It's not only your property. So therefore you're kind of the boss anyways. You're also our real life boss. Like I, yeah, I it's a feel lot. I'd almost feel like I'd have to send it out to another agency, like to an agency that I liked or whatever. Cause you know, they're not all, they've got like friendships and stuff, but I'd almost feel like you couldn't put that on your staff. Like it's just so much pressure. Yeah. But let's just fill it out to an agency and keep it legit. Right. But it's cheaper for you to do it yourself well, and I know, your own when you brokerage have, and agency. So, I mean, I, mean, I understand it for 24 why 24 million, doing it. you can afford to fling a bit of commission somebody's way. 24 yeah. million quid dollars. It's a lot so of So it's dollars. a little less than 24 million quid. I mean, it's just a little less. <laughs> just the way the currency fluctuations are I mean, happening. you could bloody buy the Razor house. <laughs> yeah. You're but selling you wouldn't it for want the same to, would you? No, no, no. I'd You'd buy rather buy Tracy's, Tracy's house. I'd buy Tracy's before the Razor house, hands down. Yeah. Um, speaking of Tracy, she seems to get herself into a little bit of hot water with James or David. So I think this is interesting because I kind of understand where Tracy's coming from. Like, she just made the comment that he wasn't there, and he wasn't there. He did farm it out to somebody else, even though they wanted him. And I think ultimately where, because I think that's David, where David make, made the mistake was that if it, she's fucking right. And that's why he's embarrassed because she fucking called him out. I 100% agree with you. I think Tracy did absolutely nothing wrong. I think she went out there. It was a 1.75 million house. She makes the very legit claim. She's like, the fact is that James or David wasn't going to drive out for a 1.75 million house. But I got in the car, I made the trip. And that's what clinched the deal. Yes, I said, I'm here. And yes, he said that he, she said that he wouldn't have done it. He would have done it for a $10 million house. But none of that isn't true. And this is fucking business. Yeah. It's fucking business. And I think you're right. I think his face said it all. He knew she was right. He was embarrassed. And, it, and he needs to stop whining. Stop 100%. whining. Do a better job. And I really like that she really owned up to it all, too. She wasn't like, oh, no, I didn't say that. That guy's mistaken. Like, she was like, no, I said it. I was right. I'd fucking do it again. And that's just the way it is. Like, I wasn't talking shit about you. I was telling the truth. And I called it like I saw it. We can be friends. But as your friend, you fucking did it the wrong way. (laughs) You did. You made a mistake. And I highlighted that mistake. Sure, I could have got the deal without mentioning it. But he asked me point blank, and I'm not going to lie. And I think, good on her. And it's so cool to see a female real estate agent not crumble under this macho bullshit. Yeah. Uh, well, I say macho. I mean, it did come from James or David, so it's not that <laughs> macho. Like the wettest real estate agents I've ever seen. But yeah. they're cute and they're nice, and hopefully they'll do a little interview for us. So, you know. Um <laughs> Probably not if I keep right. you know, insulting them. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, it was, it's just great to see a woman not crumble, just stand up, hold her own, and fucking nail it. 
Well, and not apologize Unapo- for unapologetically. being ballsy. Yes, exactly. I mean, and I, as much as I hate the word ballsy because it implies that you have to have balls to act that way. But, you know, she's like, no, I did it. I'd do it again. That's how you get business. I'm not going to make myself small to stay friends with this dude. It's not about friendship. It's about my business. I wanted the house. Yeah, and I wor- and she went the extra mile to get the house, and that's yeah. all she's saying. And you're right, it's about her not apologizing for it. It's about her owning it, saying, yes, I said that. I'd fucking say it again. And if you don't want it to happen again, then do better next time. Yeah, show up. Show up for the $1.75 <sighs> million houses. Tracy Tudor and her bad assery has just given me goosebumps. Yeah, I love her. I think she's such a smart, great addition to the show. And I think you're absolutely right. I think she's showing women that you don't have to apologize for your strength, your strategy, and your gutsiness. And I think we should all be a little more Tracy Tudor. I agree. And she looks fucking phenomenal as well. She's hot. Really, really hot. Well... I think that's us for this week, isn't it? It is us. We've come out under a whopping way under an hour. Um, Yeah. I mean, short but sweet, right? It's not lacking in any of the usual vim and vigor. (laughs) Because apparently I'm now a Charles Dickens novel. Um, But it's just, you know... 40 minutes instead of an hour, but that's yeah. okay. Listen, we've got more shows coming. And, Absolutely. Uh, and we are creating, actually this week, we'll be creating a lot more content for Patreon. We're going to be getting a few more bits and pieces out for that. So if you haven't already signed up and you can afford three, five, maybe even $10 um, or pounds a month, then obviously we'd be really, really grateful. Um, so we'll be doing that. We are also planning a mini-sode. We'll be recording a mini-sode on 13th. Um, which is a documentary on Netflix regarding the American prison system and the abolition of the 13th Amendment and what that... No, the inclusion of the 13th Amendment and what that did and has subsequently done, uh, which we really wanted to talk about. Yeah, and even more specifically, the wording of the 13th Amendment, which I think is like the real nuts and bolts of that entire documentary, which blew my mind. I can't wait to chat about it. Also, I want to give a big shout out to Joey. Thank you so much for being our newest Patreon supporter. Um, We really appreciate it. So thanks for stepping up. Being a thanks guys thanks again for listening thanks for tuning in as ever if you can rate and review we will love you um a whole lot more uh but in the meantime uh stay safe and remember smart people watch reality tv too bye-bye bye please subscribe rate and review tv my husband hates wherever you listen to your podcast you can also follow us on facebook and instagram at tv my husband hates and join the facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends if twitter's your thing you'll find us at tv husbands hate theme music and production for tv my husband hates is by jimmy sims